Well, there's not much to be said about that gospel reading, is there? Jesus declined to get involved in this discussion about inheritance, except possibly to suggest that the brothers should be on their guard against greed. So not much there. We don't have stocks of grain, so we don't need barns to store it in. And we're not going to be emulating the man in the parable we just heard as it was told by Jesus. So, shall I sit down then? Ah, but wait. We don't get away that easy, do we? (laughs) We always need to look at scripture asking not only what it meant to the people involved in the passage, but also how it speaks to us today. So we have a question of what the parable has to teach us about the way we should be living in 2022 almost 2,000 years after the parable was first told. Do we have equivalents of the grain mountains that need to be considered? Do we, in this very different society, have our own equivalents of barns? Perhaps we do. So let's look at the possibilities and see where they take us. The man was saving the grain for his retirement. It was the equivalent of a pension as it secured the future he anticipated when he didn't need to work. A future we know he wouldn't have. But nevertheless, he was planning for what he thought could be his future. And we have our own version of saving for for retirement. As people work, They save some of their income to go into a pension pot. But some poorer people are not able to save for a pension and they hope that the state can step in to help them when they stop working. They are destined to be forever poor. I recently heard from a friend in Rwanda who was trying to create a pension pot for himself and for his family. His pension pot and was to be the grand sum of £10,000 or its equivalent. He needed to raise that money. Now, I'm not sure what constitutes your pension pot here, but I can be sure that it's much, much larger than £10,000. And we know that some people here have huge barns for their pension pot. The problem with what the man in the parable was doing was that his only consideration was for himself. He said, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. It was a self-centred approach, taking no account of anyone else. And Jesus wasn't suggesting that the man should give all the grain away, just that a self-centred approach was wrong. Some of the grain could have been used to help other people and that would have been an appropriate thing to do. It's all about a responsible approach to life and to other people. Nothing would have gained, would have been gained if the man had given everything away, if all the grain had gone, for he would have been made destitute and dependent on others. 
in many encounters in the Gospels, it's the religious leaders against Jesus. But this one was different. It was someone in the crowd, we are told, that asked the question. In our context, not someone from the church, but someone from the wider community. Now, I think that gives me permission to broaden the groups that I consider in this brief talk. There are many, many poor people in this country living in cramped conditions, often in poor quality housing. On the other hand, how many people are often seeking to upgrade phones or wanting a larger screen television or perhaps to move into a bigger house? Such social differences can only be solved by political action. But we need, but we know that there are many people in our communities that seek to help others. The soup kitchen and food banks are examples. Also, we shouldn't forget that as a church, we give 10% of our income to charities and that through parish share, that is money to be, that's money that goes to the diocese, we help churches in less fortunate communities across the diocese. Also, I've no doubt that individually we support other people in various ways. To a large extent, we're not like the man in the parable thinking only of ourselves. And I pray that our extended giving and support from the parish and individually may continue. The parable we had read this morning cautions us that we must not relax our attempts to support the less fortunate, both collectively as a church and as individuals. Some years ago, Marion and I had a young Rwandan woman as a house guest. When she was shown her room, she asked the question. It was a question that somewhat surprised me and concerned me. She said, how many people will share it with me? Having a room to herself was not expected as she came from a rural community where a typical house is built using mud bricks and has just three rooms plus an outside kitchen. Room sharing is essential since families can be large to make up for low life expectancy. The church was called by God to help the people of one community in Rwanda and from the work we initiated, more than a million pounds has gone to alleviate poverty. COVID has been a detrimental effect on that work, so perhaps we need to review the arrangements. Psalm 124 that we had read this morning is one of a group of psalms known as Songs of Ascent. These songs of ascent would be sung by pilgrims on their approach to Jerusalem. You'll know from the Old Testament readings that you've done that Zion, God's home, was to be on high ground. And Jerusalem now encloses Zion. God's home and so Jerusalem would be on high ground. And that results in people having quite a climb to Jerusalem, especially if they're coming from the direction of the Jordan 
Dead Sea and Jericho, an area well below sea level. As they sung, the people sung about being attacked and how people would have been swallowed up without the Lord's help. Perhaps the people of Ukraine can look at this psalm following the attack on them by Russia. World climates are changing, as we all know well. There is drought leading to dry ground and wildfires in some places and floods in others. The floods can affect everyone, but they seem particularly bad in some poorer countries, although there's been some bad ones in America recently. We've all seen the pictures from Bangladesh, and I've seen what they can do to the mud-bricked houses of Rwanda. It seems that the entire world is suffering extremes of weather, and we can only wonder what disasters the future may bring. But Psalm 124 has an amazing final verse, one that should encourage all of us and can be a constant support as we strive to live in a way that the parable of the rich fool tells us we should. A way that is not selfish in the use of our resources, but seeks to support people in need. The final verse, quite briefly, says, Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let us, through good times and bad, remember that. Remember it? Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Shall we just pray? Lord, we thank you that our help is in you. We pray that we may continue to help other people, that we may not wish to fill our barns and keep things to ourselves. Help us to support other people, people in need in this country and beyond. And help us, Lord, at all times to put our faith in you, our, support, our source of help and support. In Jesus' name, amen.